Since iTunes only keeps the last 100 episodes of any show, some of our show topics that seem to help the most people are no longer available when people search on iTunes. So, in an effort to make that information available to more people, from time to time we're going to re-air some of our most popular show topics. You can also go to kickitnaturally.com and search for any topic in our search box. For now, enjoy this show that originally aired in 2014. T.C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with T.C. Hale, author, natural health expert, producer, and... Uh, Pain in my butt sometimes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's Kenna McEnroe. She's here with T.C. Hale. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you already did all that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hello. Hello. I have uh, I have some ninja socks. Oh, good. I'm not wearing them. I'm just, I felt like I should be honest about that. I own socks that have like little pictures of ninjas on them. Oh, I thought you meant oh. socks a ninja would wear. No, no, oh. not anything cool like that. They're just like, hey, these these socks have pictures of ninjas on them. For no oh, a ninja would not good. wear those. Right, right. But I They're own them. They're secret about their and identity. And I felt, like, I felt like I needed to be honest about yeah. that. okay. Does that have to do with any kind of imbalance or something? Or? No. Oh, okay. Not that I know. Okay, but great. Just, I'm just trying to be more open. Oh, okay, good. All right. Well, I didn't get the memo today because Will and uh, Tony are in black and red and nobody told me to color court. Coordinate, so mm. I'm feeling a little left out. Oh, that's okay. Right. So we'll, mm. we'll include you in the handshake later. We have a cool handshake that we made up. All right, cool. And uh, Hottie Patati Will Schmidt is here today on Woo-hoo. the mic. Yo, yo. Thank you for that. That was me. <laughs> gassy. Did you let get her some beat flow? Oh, oh, yes, I was being gassy. Yeah. A little gas jokes for you. Uh, so if you have not liked us on Facebook and you, I mean, what are you waiting for? I mean, yeah. the time is now, people. Stop what you're doing. Drop the cupcake. Stop making that martini. Go ahead and like us on Facebook. And uh, we're going to post questions there every single week. And you'll be able to ask uh, some questions about, wait, no, we're not posting questions. We post topics on we're Sunday. We're posting topics. Sunday night we yeah, put it up there. Yeah, Sundays. We'll post topics and then you can post questions and then we'll answer them here. The only thing is it's a little delayed. So if you're like, where's my question? How come yeah. nobody said my question? It's because we're a few shows behind. We're, so just keep listening. Well, Which ahead. means we're actually ahead because yeah. we're, we're efficient. Yeah, we're ahead, but you're behind. Right. Yeah. So does that go. make them inefficient? I don't, I don't even yeah, think that's a know. word. I don't know. Inefficient, I think, is how you usually say words hmm. like that. Um, but, uh, you know, Kenna had a good idea that we should also do like a potluck show. Yeah. Everybody bring people, their own problem. Yeah, let let people ask any kind of question. Yeah, you know, I was I just had a really great session with a guy who has a a, sh- a podcast that's all about that. Like they shoot in questions and then he answers them daily. So it's, oh, so it we're not well. the first. <laughs> no, oh, no, I'm just wow. saying we're not the Columbus of podcasts. No, yeah, no darn. It's okay. Yeah, I got a. Everybody can bring in like a problem. Like I, I got a cracked foot. What do you got? I, I got a, a bloodshot eye. I got uh-huh. a leaky butt. Yeah, that could know? be a cool show. Random. Yeah. 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 Cool random. If you like audiobooks, you're going to love our sponsor. Audible.com is giving all of our listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30 day membership. Go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook to find the link so you guys can get yours. The free book that Kenna got was How to Sound Like an Announcer. That's right. Is it working? It? Uh-huh, yeah. it's working. Right, cool. But today, it's not random. Today, we're talking about osteoporosis. And um, I want to hear what you guys say, because I don't want to be, in 20 years from now, walk and step off a curb and, ow, I broke my hip. That right. doesn't sound fun. Because like, that really happens. Like I read some something that said that uh, osteoporosis is so prevalent now that there is a... Uh, a, a fracture caused by osteoporosis in the world like every three seconds oh. like pow wow pow wow yeah that's like a lot yeah. and that it's like it's costing us medical costs you know as much as some of the problems that we think are the big spenders mm. yeah and but, then old people can't get busy anymore you mm. know they say you lose your sex drive at a certain age well it's probably because you have a broken hip that would do or you don't you're feel afraid like you're gonna snap sex. something yeah yeah, and a lot of the bra- the the fractures that happen are from very non-traumatic, you know, episodes. Mm. So it can be it can be a pretty big deal. So we should learn stuff yeah, about. Yeah, I it. sneezed and I cracked my hip. That's not fun. Right. That is not fun. 
The so, only time I like brittle is like, you know, peanut, peanut brittle. Peanut brittle? Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of peanut brittle. Mm, probably because yeah. it tastes good and it has sugar in it. Right. That's probably why. Yeah. That's probably why. Um, but I think we have a lot to talk about in this show. And um, because I want to I want to go through a lot of the the common beliefs and the common views about osteoporosis and, and just understand that especially if you're dealing with osteoporosis that we're not saying that this is the answer and in no way are we saying that other views are wrong or stupid. We're just saying that it's our opinion that they're wrong and stupid. <laughs> um, no. But they're not always that bad. Did you... <laughs> You no, okay no, with that? no, 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 yeah. no. I, I just like to act like I'm going to say something okay, so then good. you stop talking. It's <laughs> a good way to make me not say things. But so what we're going to do today is we're just going to give you a different view that maybe you uh, you have not found. Um, and the part that will throw you off is that a lot of it will kind of make sense. And you'll be like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense. Now maybe I need to investigate some things for myself. Um, because... A big thing that we need to cover for sure today is is vitamin D. Mm. And we do have a, another whole podcast that's about understanding the truth about vitamin D because there's a lot of bad information out there. Um, but when you talk about osteoporosis, the first thing that usually comes out of somebody's mouth is cram vitamin D and calcium down your gullet or you're going you're gonna to snap in half. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. that's the show yeah. bye bye right. right. sorry we go. didn't get to the question yeah. yeah I mean and I think just to get ahead of that a little bit if you haven't already listened to the vitamin D podcast because it pulls calcium out of the bones is one of the biggest things that why that would contribute to weak bones but other things do that too so we're not only going to focus on vitamin D we're going to look at what other causative factors can make your bones become less mineral dense and again Ken you're going to love this it goes it's really strongly most rooted in digestion, mm. right? It is. And, 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 and sugar. And your, your other sugar. friend is going to come in for it, too. But uh, the big thing about vitamin D, and we won't, go, we won't cover all of it because we talked about it for an hour in the vitamin D podcast, but the thing about vitamin D is that it helps us pull calcium from the food in the intestinal tract into the bloodstream so that it can be used by the body. That's what vitamin D does. So it's a big hero. We need it. If we don't have any, then we can't pull the calcium out of the food into the blood to where it can be used in the body and to help build bones and all these things. So it's got to be there. The problem is that with the high amounts of vitamin D, like we're being told to take, which are like you know 2,000 to 4,000 I use a day, and some people are saying to even take more than that, that little dust buster that was sucking calcium out of the intestinal tract turns into this huge shop vac and it not only pulls calcium out of the intestinal tract but it sucks it into the bloodstream from everywhere else the places where it's supposed to be uh like in the tissues and even uh in the bones so it can kind of make the blood calcium retentive and uh, it can do that a little too powerfully and that's a real problem Mm. Is that why Swiss cheese looks like it does? It's exactly it's pulling the ca- the uh, calcium. That's why Fruit Loops have cheese. a hole in the okay. middle too. Right. It's because of a vitamin okay. D issue deficiency. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. I like it when you can uh, associate things mm-hmm. in real life. Mm-hmm. But no, that's not that's not the real thing. <laughs> right. um, that's okay, Ken. It was good, was um, good and we try. got to mention Fruit Loops. Uh-huh. That's our sponsor. That's our sponsor for today. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. That's a whole different people. Isn't it? I'm sorry. I would only be happy if that was our sponsor because that would mean I'd probably be getting some free Fruit Loops. Fruit uh-huh. Loop it uh-huh. up. Uh-huh. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, but so you know, we talked a lot in our the vitamin T pod, vitamin D podcast and the Common Cold podcast about these problems of taking too much vitamin D. So, Will, do you want to talk about maybe some ways some people can know that if they're taking more vitamin D than they should? Because if you do, you can basically uh, not only create the recipe for osteoporosis, but you can also turn off your immune system and all kinds of other problems. Yeah. Yeah. The easiest way for people to check that themselves is to look at their urine pH. Sure. Because you're pulling calcium out of your bones like that, as well as some other alkaline electrolytes that you might be peeing out for different reasons, your urine pH can be really high. So if you get pH test paper from like Whole Foods or wherever, and you pee on the strip and your pH is over like 
6.5, for sure, that's an, it's an issue. You should not be taking vitamin D because that's going to make your urine even more alkaline, which if you're, well, I guess if you're a guy or a girl, but mostly if you're a girl, it makes you more susceptible to UTIs, sure. makes your insulin levels too strong, uh, which can contribute to insomnia. But it's also a clear sign like vitamin D is pushing you in the wrong direction at that moment. Right, and another good sign is if you're getting cold sores or mm-hmm. you get a cold, like if you talk to somebody on the phone that has a cold and you get sick, <laughs> right. that's a good indication that your immune system is, is not working that well. Um, if you get Charlie horses, mm-hmm. uh, these are all signs that um, vitamin D may not be appropriate for you, at least at the level that you're taking it, because the high levels of vitamin D appear to be um, pulling too much calcium out of the tissue level where it needs to be, yeah. so for all those things to function. And just for some people who are probably really concerned about this because they went into their doctor's office and their blood tests showed that they were super low in vitamin D. Right. But that happened with a lot of my friends. And they, uh, they're they scared not to take vitamin D because their their doctor's telling them, it's critical, you're, you're, you're super deplete of it. And we're not here to tell you you should or shouldn't listen to your doctor or give advice around that. But we want you to help. We want to help you understand why your body might be making less vitamin D on purpose. If you don't have a ton of calcium in your tissue levels to to go around to contribute to your metabolism and your tissues and be in your blood, then your body will on purpose synthesize less vitamin D from the sun to help the calcium stay at the tissue level. So if you just hijack that whole innate intelligence and supplement with vitamin D, your body can't block that vitamin D. It's going to just do its vacuum thing and pull calcium from your tissues. Right. And it's tricky because then the doctor will be like, oh, cool, your vitamin D levels are good now that you're taking 8,000 IUs of it a day. Right, right. And you might even feel better because your blood pressure might come up. And if you're a low blood pressure person or electrolyte deficient, that can make you feel nicer. But it's coming at this cost of depleting your tissues and your bones of calcium. Right, and... Uh, tissue calcium is is a super big deal because uh, it's what triggers your immune system to attack. It's like, hey, there's an invader, uh, go ahead and take care of that. And if there's not enough calcium at the tissue level, uh, there is no signal to attack. And and that's why a person uh, will often get cold sores. And we have a whole podcast. Podcast is for you to say. Yeah, it wasn't easy. You could tell by the way I jacked it all up. But... If a person's getting cold sores, that's a strong sign that there isn't enough calcium at the tissue level to signal the body to attack that virus so it can uh, have a breakout. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you help that push that person push calcium back to the tissue where it's supposed to be, all of a sudden those those breakouts don't happen anymore. Yeah. And the same thing you mentioned earlier with Charlie horses and muscle function, like your muscle cells can't work right either without calcium. So they'll just start twitching and cramping and clenching and not being able to make ATP. Right. So when you look at the doctors telling us, you know, gosh, you got to have all this vitamin D, where this comes from is they look at these clinical trials and they look at all these people that have like uh, heart heart disease or, uh, you know, osteoporosis or all these things. And they look at the vitamin D level in the blood and it's low. Um, But we need to think about why would vitamin D be low? So let's talk about Kenna's favorite topic. Well, let me guess. Not porn. Oh. <laughs> sugar. Okay. Oh, yeah. The um, sugar's above porn. That's for sure. <laughs> it's ranked higher. Um, so what happens is when we eat sugar, the calcium is like, ooh, sugar. That's fun. And calcium will follow sugar. I will, too, till the ends of the like earth. An ice, just like we would follow uh, an ice cream truck. Yeah, I wrote a love song to sugar uh-huh. this weekend. Um, so... The more sugar or more carbohydrates that our body turns into sugar that we're consuming, the more calcium will leave our tissues and follow that sugar in the bloodstream. And then what happens is the sugar will get burned, stored, whatever, and then the calcium will get dropped. And it's not like after it goes for its run following the sugar that it just goes back to the tissue. It gets dropped and it deposits into joints. Or the kidneys are like, there's too much calcium in the bloodstream. i got to filter some of this out. So it pees out. And that's when you see that high urine pH that Will was talking about. You also see people uh, end up with like a lot of kidney stones because the kidneys are having to filter out all that calcium. At any, at any point, any, any, whatever the situation is, what I'm saying, if you are having high blood sugar frequently 
and all that calcium is leaving the tissues, doesn't it make sense that the body would say, hey, why don't I restrict vitamin D formation so that I'm not pulling even more calcium out of the tissues because I'm already low where it needs to be. So that's kind of what the body does it'll, is it'll restrict vitamin D production so that it can just in an attempt to try and get some calcium back to the right place. And that's why we see low vitamin D on like diabetics and people with high blood sugar. Mm-hmm. You, you okay with that? I'm okay. I was creating a musical in my mind called Sugar the Musical. Oh, it was good. <laughs> I was like on my second dance number. Uh huh. Um, so, but that makes sense as to why I can go to my doctor. I can take a blood test that shows that I'm low in vitamin D, but that's not uh, necessarily an indication that you need vitamin D. It could be an indication that you might need to lower your blood sugar or or uh, work with some others problems that are causing calcium to leave the tissues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you're overall mineral deplete and you don't have a ton of of calcium to go around, that's another reason why your body would maybe try to make less vitamin D. Like if you're electrolyte deficient, which I've seen a lot of times with the person just doesn't have enough, not only calcium to trigger their immune system, but also chloride to make stomach acid and all sorts of other issues to, like, that affect their thyroid and their endocrine system. Right. So that's, that's important to look at when you're looking to fight off uh, osteoporosis, especially if you're a person that maybe you had a bone scan and you're fine, but you're so freaked out about the fact that there's a bone break every three seconds, and I just scared you even more telling you that fact, that now you're listening to what everybody's saying and you're like, oh, I should have 17 vitamin D capsules every day and and I need to take my calcium. It's not always about that you don't have enough calcium. It's just that it could be in the wrong place Mm. for a lot of different reasons. And we have a a free four-week digestion course that we teach on kickitinthenuts.com. And it teaches you how to look at your own physiology so that you can get an idea of what's going on with you instead of just following what's, what all the cool kids are doing. Because that's not always the right step for you and, and, and your chemistry. Mm-hmm. So um, when we look at that analogy, you can see that, yes, taking some vitamin D can help you from be- having osteoporosis because it helps pull calcium in. But you can also see where taking too much vitamin D could create osteoporosis because as you pull all that calcium out of the tissues, it's not available there. It's not available to help build the bones. It's all floating around in the bloodstream. So it's it, the higher levels can actually be a recipe for osteoporosis. So don't view it as it's your savior and going to fix everything. I just had an, uh, an idea for another book series for you. Oh, yeah? When you said recipe for osteoporosis, you could write books that are the recipes <laughs> of what you do to get those diseases. How to get. How to get right. those diseases. That's and good. then, you know, of course, the you, the opposite would be. To not do to anything not I say. Yeah, exactly. That's how we should do it. We should do it where people just don't do anything. Yeah, because people don't like to be told what to do. Right. And they don't like, you know. So if they idea. think it's their idea, it's like, uh-huh. hey, yeah. hey, I'm not going to get diabetes. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> so we'll, this show, we'll do half and half. And it's just up to you to figure out which one we're doing. Exactly, which side exactly. of the game that we're on. Um, okay, before we get to questions, we got a couple other things that we need to hit on. So Besides um, me. Yeah. <laughs> And we're always hitting on camera. Be careful, though. A bone might break. Yeah, we don't want to snap you in half. So let's look at digestion and the body bringing in nutrients and what that means for bones. Will. Right. (laughs) You're on. So real quick synopsis of digestion and the whole magic explosion that we need to have happen to get the nutrients from our food. sizzle. Right? That's sizzle. Uh, So... Stomach acid acidifies the food, and then the food leaves the stomach and goes into the start of the intestinal tract called the duodenum, and that's where bile should squirt onto it, and bile is really alkaline. So, Tiana, <laughs> so, so there should be this acid-base collision like a high school volcano explosion, and that's where most of the nutrients are liberated from the food and then can be absorbed into the body. Uh, there's more to digestion, obviously, than that, but when we look at like the minerals and such that we need to extract from our food, a lot of that depends on that little explosion happening correctly. So without stomach acid and bile flow, you don't get that sizzle or explosion, and you miss out on a lot of the nutrition in your food. Right, and, and, and what do we do with nutrition that we pull out of food, that we use that to make 
us cells and things. Yeah, to make mm-hmm. tissue, and 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 that's the building block of what the body uses to build bones, and and that's widely accepted, and everybody agrees that the body needs. They talk about calcium a lot, and they talk about um, you know amino acids from proteins and building blocks and all that kind of stuff. So everybody can agree that we need those things. Of course, not everybody understands that you need to have digestion functioning correctly to pull that out of your food, and and that's a super big deal. Mm-hmm. Say say you do have you know bone loss, say a lot of bone loss. Is there any way to get that back? I mean, if you fix your digestion, if all that is working, can you build it back? I say yes, and I say that he's because, crossing his fingers though. No, I'm okay. saying that because. <laughs> The body does that, you know. Everything in the body kind of ends up getting broken yeah, down. Yeah, like rebuilt your lungs and, can be back in seven years, and different things like it rebuilds itself and regenerates. Yeah, some cells are regenerated every minute, and mm-hmm. some are month, week. You know, the whole body, but the whole thing is constantly being broken down and rebuilt. And and that's an interesting thing about some of these osteoporosis drugs that are showing that when you use them. Even though when you take it, you have these horrible gastro pains and you're doubled over in the fetal position. If you just keep doing that for four or five years, mm. <laughs> that you, you have increased bone density. But they're showing that it actually just uh, keeps the body from breaking down the bone cells. And all that old cell just stays in there so that the bone becomes more dense. But it's not actually rejuvenating mm. Uh, new cells and it's not actually a living bone and I don't understand it a lot it's kind of freaky with what they're saying but it's enough to freak me out a little bit Um, but as a human I vote that yes you can rebuild bone just in the same way that if you snap your arm and the doctor resets it it, and a month or so later all of a sudden it's not so broken well how did that happen yeah your doctor may say it's degenerative and there's no cure for it but it's really just because that's what usually happens because right. people usually don't fix the cause of it right they right. just get on meds and it yeah, just doesn't really which also makes things worse mm-hmm. poisons your liver so they usually see this like steady decline when they get and it and you die a few years later yeah right <laughs> it's sad and unnecessary yeah, that's right it's not nice <laughs> no so like if you fix the cause of the problem though you can definitely re Regenerate your bone tissue and bone density. You can look at that like um, we should talk a bit about compression as well and like the whole stimulus. But when yeah, you look, let's talk about some workout stuff. Yeah, for sure. But when you look at just as this quick instance of like can bone grow back? Look at astronauts. Like when they go and do extended space missions when they're up in space for like three months. These are like the fittest, smartest people on the planet that we send up they're there. They're literally rocket scientists. They're literally <laughs> rocket scientists and like Olympians. It's they're insane. And their, their bodies atrophy when they're it, up there. yeah. Even though they're like on eight hours a day of exercise up there, because they don't have gravity pushing down on their bones like twenty four hours a day like you do on Earth. Their bone density decreases to that of like a seventy-five-year-old. In just, just a f- listen to John Mayer up there, right? <laughs> just rock yeah. out. That, that should right. Yeah. But um, that's in like a three-month span of time. They lose like all this from being tip-top, like world-class athlete to that, and then it comes back. Like once they get back, and the gravity is right. pressing on it because it stimulates the. I forget. Is it the osteocytes that build bones or osteoblasts? One or of the class two. or osteoclast. Uh, yeah. I forget. No, no. Anyway, there's these cells that like respond. <laughs> I forget the the names of which one does which. But with compression, it stimulates the bones to grow and to become more dense, just like a muscle is stimulated when you do a workout. Those Can't. bones aren't that stupid. Right. They're not dense. No, they, oh. Oh, wow. oh gosh. Okay. So. Yeah. That happens, there's an electrical signal that happens through compression, like when you jog or lift weights. And if you don't stimulate those bones with that electric charge via compression, they will start to get the sense of, hey, I don't need to be that dense. I don't need to be that strong anymore. Uh Kind of like an arm that you just never use. Like the muscles will just kind of atrophy. Like, because the body's very economic with its resources. It's not going to like maintain a lot of like big muscles or bone density. Uh, Especially if the resources coming in are limited. Yeah, so it's like, ah, don't need that anymore. So right. just kind of chip away at it. But that's another really important reason why you do want to stay physically active and keep stimulating your body to have strong bones. And when you see the information out there and you hear people talking about you know, how resistance exercise can benefit you greatly if you have osteoporosis, that's real stuff. 
And uh, I buy into that 100%. Um, the problem is that if you're going to do that, you also need to put your body in a position where it can get the resources to, to rebuild when it, because the exercise will stimulate your body to rebuild. But if it doesn't have any building blocks to build with, then it's just going to kind of look at you and be like, can't we just have a nap? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it'll start tearing everything down and sucking it out anyways, because it doesn't have resources or what? And that's good. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit, Kenna, because... Um, so that's, that's one view, you know, a lot of people will view things like, uh, rheumatoid arthritis as an autoimmune where the body is attacking itself. And, and let's just say that, um, and and then that leads people to a lot of rheumatoid arthritis. People also have osteoporosis. So the body must be attacking its bones. And, and let's just say for a minute that we went along with the theory that all of a sudden, my body hates bones, and it's just going to attack bone. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's going to do that evenly throughout my body, not in one location. It's just going to be <laughs> it's just going to be so pissed off at bone that it just attacks it. Um, so let's say that just for a minute that we go along with that. And I, I never mind. I can't even go along <laughs> with that for a minute. Yeah, but the way that we view it is that. Uh, we talk on a lot of shows about some imbalances, the anabolic and catabolic imbalance. And um, these are states at the cellular level that the body is in. Uh, it's supposed to be in every day. During the day, we should be catabolic, where uh, the cells are more open. We kind of break down tissue and uh, energy is easier to make. And then at night, we're more anabolic, where we rebuild. But maybe we'll talk a little bit about what happens with uh, what we see with rheumatoid arthritis, uh, which could very easily be a similar situation with a lot of osteoporosis cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we're in stuck in that catabolic state and not going into the, the anabolic evening repair, regenerate phase of mm-hmm. our day, our body is just in a constant state of rundown and oxidation and generating energy to do stuff. Just like if you were to, I used this analogy last week, use your, if you're just driving your car all the time like and never pulled over to like refill the gas or do any maintenance. So it just wears down. And that's what you'll see at like the joint level as well as in the bones. Like if you're not taking time to replenish and rebuild or if your system is not being stimulated to go into that mode of that rest and digest and repair and anabolic night sleep phase. Right then it's just constantly on the go and constantly burning, even if you're trying to sleep. Right, so in that state, which the catabolic state is a proper state for us to be in during the day, it's the body's job to break down tissue so that it can rebuild into something new, like we were just talking about. But for a lot of reasons, if someone gets stuck in that state, the body's just kind of stuck in that breakdown state. That doesn't mean that it's mad and it's attacking all tissue it can find. It's just... Uh, doing what it's supposed to do in that state. So the trick is to help the body move out of that state and correct what's ever causing that imbalance. And you can do that with a lot of nutritional changes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can learn more about like how to assess yourself of whether you're in the catabolic state or anabolic state or whatever by doing that, working your way through that free digestion course that Tony mentioned earlier at kickingthenuts.com. Right. And we're going to get into questions here in a second. But um, so... That's one issue that can create a constant breakdown of tissue. But another issue that is really huge is what does the body do when resources that it needs are not coming in? Well, it has a backup for that. It has a lot of backups for that. And it's called, I got all these minerals stored here in my tissues and in my bones. And so you just become a cannibal. You just eat yourself. You really do. And you're, mm-hmm. it's like you're your own Seven Eleven. Oh, Where nice. you just when you run out of something, you just go to the Seven Eleven. Like this pizza hasn't been sitting here for twelve hours. Right, right. It's fresh. Um, those little hot dogs on the little mm-hmm. rolling metal thing. Mm-hmm. You're like you can just go pick one up. Um, but you know, like like this is very widely known in like the bodybuilding world. Like that, if you don't eat, that you're going to lose muscle mass. Your body is going to eat itself. Yeah. So, but we don't translate that very well to other things all the time. Right. Like I. I ran a marathon one time and Oops. lost eight pounds that day. Wow. And did not it did not come back. It was like tissue death from really? that. It was just like way too high in energy demand for, for that day. And that happens to people when they're not 
and not only from like insane workouts, but also like if you're just not digesting your food, like if you don't have enough stomach acid to break down protein, you need that protein from somewhere. So you're going to start tapping into your own protein because you're made of protein. Right, right. So you could be eating it, but if you can't break it down to those elemental nutrients that your body can use, then your body's like, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're putting it in, but I'm not getting it. So then it finally says, I'm just going to go to 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm. And get it myself. And a guy at the gym last week asked me, he's like, Tony, have you ever done a marathon? I was like, I have a car. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, but yeah. that's interesting because if your weight never came back, I want to do a marathon. Yeah, yeah. no, right. totally. Go do one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't walk for a week either. Yeah, I should have trained for He's it. talking about different kind of weight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, probably talking about muscles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So think about that, though. When it, when it comes to osteoporosis, so many, so many people don't have their digestion working optimally. I mean, we see only about two out of ten people really have it working the way that it should. Yeah, I was about to ask, does anybody these days? They really do. They really do. Mm-hmm. But think about this. You know, if uh, you know acid reflux drugs (PPIs) are designed to turn off that stomach acid, which initially removes your ability to acidify the food, is what it's doing. Um, that means that anybody that's using this drug is, is does not have proper digestion. And this this is a billion-dollar industry on its own, PPI medications. Mm. So if that's a billion-dollar industry, that's a lot of people not using Not to mention that. Tums. Sure, and all the other things that can mm. turn off acid. And that's just, you know, medications is only one possibility that can uh, throw digestion out of whack. There's many, many others. So a lot of things can happen that can cause digestion not to function correctly. Now the body's not getting what it needs, so it looks for it elsewhere. So we find that a lot of people that are uh, osteopenia, whether borderline osteoporosis or they even full-on osteoporosis, if they can take steps to improve digestion and, and get real nutrients into the body so the body can rebuild things, all of a sudden there's a new story that shows up. Mm-hmm. And it could take a while. It could take years but think of how long your body has been mining itself uh, that's been causing this deterioration and the bones to become weaker. It's, it doesn't happen in two weeks. Mm-hmm. I guess we should answer at least a question. Give me one question since I told them to stop baking, you know, pull over and sign up well, so that we can answer questions. Mm-hmm. All right, Meg from Andover, Massachusetts. I've been told I'm doomed because I'm short, small-boned, white female of Northern European descent. Please say it isn't so. It isn't so. <laughs> Good. Handled. Yeah, right. Great. That yeah. one's it been answered. Handled. But I would look at this profile of a person as someone who would be more susceptible to it. Not because she's European, but because she's... Blonde? No. <laughs> no. Short. <laughs> From Andover. Oh. <laughs> ah. No, because she's slender, skinny. Sure. Most people, you can, after you, like, you know, look at people's chemistry for a long time, you can usually tell, like, if they're going to be high or low blood pressure just by looking at them. And most slender people are. How do we know she's slender? Because she said so. She's, she didn't say slender. Oh, she short, said small bone. Well, that. I'm small bone. No one, no one calls themselves small bone, but they're, like, obese. Usually, like, I've never heard some, well. Small bone. I know. You're going to take all the credit you can get for your bones causing the space. Right. <laughs> so she's probably quite skinny, and be, and with that low blood pressure, and with that low mineral electrolyte deficient, and usually with that weak stomach acid, and she's not getting many of the nutrients from her food. She's low on minerals in general, not breaking down protein well, so her body's mining itself, as you just said. Right, and the, and the good news for Meg is that I, I don't think that she is doomed mm-hmm. for any of those things. I, I've been to Andover. It's not so bad. Really? And, really? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, you know, when you look at what you can do to improve those situations and give your body what it needs to rebuild things, you can really turn all that around if it is a problem for you already. But don't look at things like um, genetic predispositions and all that kind of stuff because I I feel like you can turn stuff like that around when you take the right steps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Vicki from Seattle, Washington. What causes osteoporosis? Can you be genetically predisposed to osteoporosis? Yeah, I guess this is contagious. You can't say genetically. Mm -hmm. I can't say most of the words. (laughs) 
So basically, you just answered that right before. I did, and uh, you know, you can be genetically predisposed, predisposed, yeah, mm. to have issues that could push you in the wrong direction. But that doesn't mean that you can't take steps to turn them around. It doesn't mean that if your mom had osteoporosis, that you get to have it too. That's just not the case at all. Mm-hmm. Mm. My dad had red hair, and I have red hair. Nope. Oh, well, I guess random, I'm wrong. Random. Stand corrected. Janie, my mom was diagnosed before she was 40. What causes it to affect some people so young? Well, one mm. thing to look at is... Is, is she small, bone, short, and female? <laughs> is she from Andover? <laughs> You know, a big correlation that they that they put together in the osteoporosis world is that they say that is very common once a woman hits menopause, that their bones will just fall apart. Just like, like the next day, they just disintegrate. No, but that, that seems to be the time frame when things start to go south. And I think that we've talked about this on other shows, that, um, and I know we talk about it a lot in uh, the books and stuff, is that... Uh, menopause usually comes around when the body doesn't have enough resources to make another human. So once, and with a lot of people, digestion seems to fade as we age. Those problems increase and digestion gets worse and worse. So as resources go lower and lower, now you don't have enough resources to make another human and Mother Nature says, well, I'm going to help you out and I'm going to shut that system down because if you get pregnant and have a baby, you're going to be left with nothing. Wow. Because it takes a lot of resources to make a person. Why can't we all be like Benjamin Buttons and age backwards? That would be weird, it makes though. More you sense. Like, know when yeah. you're going to be unborn and yeah. it's just coming. To think that I would never have played with Legos yet. Like, I would be looking forward to that time. <laughs> when you're like, 100, I finally got get me to some play. Legos. Um, but, you know, so that correlation makes sense that if, if menopause is showing up because there's a lack of resources, doesn't that make sense that the body would be saying, I got no resources. Where can I get them from? Oh, I can get them from your tissues and your bones. Yeah. Well, we did a whole podcast on early menopause a little while ago, remember? Did we? Yeah, we did. We did. We We did did have an early menopause one. Yeah. I don't don't know my name is. Right. And uh, we're on episode 24. We've done a lot of topics at this point. Yeah. And you you have a whole book on uh, done with menstrual cramps. Right. And that really focuses on that a lot. Yeah. So if you're concerned about that, if you're like looking at or might be in menopause or in that condition, you might want to read. That what was your first book done with menstrual done cramps? With menstrual right? cramps. Yeah. And somebody told me last week that done with uh, or kick your fat in the nuts was way better than the menstrual cramps book. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're older in there for a while, and you don't have a period, right? So mm-hmm. you know, it makes. But I sense. thought that's what made me think I know about menstrual cramps because I never get menstrual cramps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you're not also not fat, so you don't know about either. So shut up and stop uh, writing. Okay. Okay. Next question. Uh, Janie. Nope. So we've already talked about Janie. Daniel from Rochester, you know New York. And let's let's do both of these questions together. Okay. You, so you, you handle both of them and then we'll handle them. Okay. Uh, osteoporosis happens because your body needs calcium all the time and the Western diet is increasingly acidic while lacking in absorbable calcium. Back in the day, cow's milk contained the necessary enzymes to absorb the calcium. Now the acidity of the milk combined with the lack of enzymes actually pulls calcium out of the bones into the blood so that your muscles and heart and nervous system continue to function and you don't die to death. Is there another way to die? You don't. Uh, you just fall and break a hip like your bones are made of glass. I love it when people use te- technical terms like "die to death." Die like to Daniel death. He rocks. He, yeah, yeah, he he. He, he wanted to make like sure that you were dead. Yeah. Right. Um, okay, so let's hit the next one too with that. Oh yeah. Uh, yes, you are right. This is Ravindram. Yeah, Ravindram from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. He had a question in the last show too, mm-hmm. um, and you should call us and tell us how to pronounce your name because we're probably exactly we don't brutalizing know. It. Yeah, yeah, we're we're murdering the name. Yes, you are right, Daniel. Bra- oh, nearly said his last name. Oh. <laughs> High consumption of simple carbohydrates makes your body acidic, and our parathyroid hormone brings out calcium from bone to neutralize our body acid. If this happens for a long period, bone will become brittle. Exercise and consume more vegetables. So I think before uh, Mia will say anything about this, I think that it's important for us to admit that there was a time that 
we both probably believe this 100%. Um, and, uh, and now we don't. Um, in regards to the uh, foods are causing us to be too acidic oh, situation. Yeah, that yeah, so, and this is a big thing. And I've even uh, heard people uh, and read people saying that um, our diet today makes our blood too acidic and so it's melting our bones. And uh, so to understand what that means, the, the pH of the blood has this very narrow parameter that if it, if it goes outside of those parameters at all, we just die. So when die somebody, to death. You die to death, mm-hmm. if you want to use the official term. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we talk about a bloodstream that is leaning too acidic or too alkaline, it's, it's a very narrow margin that we're talking about. And it, it, it can change a lot, but your blood is not going to move acidic enough to where it's melting stuff. Nothing's going to melt. Is he thinking the Wicked Witch of the West? It's like, like, maybe Raiders of the Lost Ark at the yeah. end. What about that the, witch know. from, uh, you know, um, uh, the, uh, the Oz Wizard of Oz? That's what I was just saying, yeah. Wicked Witch of the West. Oh, oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, no, that would be really What strong. about that lady that was chasing Dorothy? Yeah, no, 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 the lady with the monkeys that was oh, all in the, that one. And the shoes, <laughs> the house lint. All right. Some goodwill hunting or something. So that's not happening. That's Your blood is not that acidic. It's maybe down to a pH of 7.2 instead of 7.3, and that right. still would not melt your bones. Yeah, but I'm melting now. Right, so so don't view it that way. And, and the other thing is that um, I, I mean, I've heard a number of viewpoints of people saying that our diet is causing us to be too acidic. And, and it is true that um, the body does have that uh, backup plan where it can pull calcium out of places to change the pH of things. Um, but there's some other uh, things in place that the body uses way before that, like uh, CO2 to change the pH of the blood. Do you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah. So when we look at breath rate, we learn a lot about what your body's doing to manage the pH and keep it just where it needs to be. Uh, So when we see someone with, uh, say their bloodstream is too acid, let's go with that. Okay. The the blood CO2 levels are a little bit higher because the body's, usually because the body is metabolizing carbohydrates at a rate faster than uh, would be ideal. So they'll tend to breathe a little quicker because they're off-gassing the CO2. You're just ex- expelling or exhaling the CO2 to keep the oxygen to CO2 and pH levels. Because CO2 is acidic. Right. So right. just dialing that in to keep it perfect. And it's regulating that all the time by changing your breath rate to, to fix the amount of CO2 to O2. But just as many people's blood is leaning to alkaline, and we see that with slow breath rates, like every diabetic that we ever look at, because they're not good at burning carbohydrates for energy anymore because of the insulin resistance, they're not producing a lot of CO2. So their blood starts to, their their body starts to breathe slower to try to retain more of that CO2 and keep everything balanced. But if you look at that and you say like, oh, the diabetic's too acidic. It's like, well, not at all. Like the more diabetic is, the more alkaline their bloodstream is. Right, right? and if you if you tested that type 2 diabetic mm-hmm. um, and you looked at his urine pH, then you would probably see it a very acidic urine pH mm-hmm. and then you would say, see, he's too acid. Right. But there's different compartments in the body that should be at different pHs uh, for everybody. And so to look at a one number and say that a person is too acidic is is wrong. Yeah, pH is way more complicated than it's typically made out to be. And you're not meant to be acid. You're not meant to be alkaline. You are meant to be a composite of polarities with all these different charges inside the nucleus, inside the cell, between the cells, and all the different parts of the intestinal Fancy tract. word alert. Fancy words. You want to get fancy. <laughs> so there's all sorts of different types of acidosis and alkalosis that you can be at the same time. You right. can be no. Shut your mouth. Really. No. You can be in respiratory alkalosis but metabolic acidosis and potassium excess acidosis right, right. all these it can be whacked out all and these they big words yeah and they usually do flip-flop as the body's trying to find homeostasis like you'll be in multiple states at once and this may make us go over, but the important thing and this really gets me up on a soapbox a little bit because i i fell for this for you know a long time yeah, that i was studying this and yeah. um studying ph gurus and being drugged down the wrong path but the way they view it a lot of times is that they'll take a food 
and then they'll burn that food with a flame and then they'll measure the ash to see whether it's acid or alkaline. And then they'll say that's an acid-forming food or an alkaline-forming food. Well, where in the human body is there a flame? If yeah. we don't, On top of my head. Uh-huh, with your red head. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a, compa- a comparable thing. And plus the body, uh, when it's processing things, there's all this stuff that goes on. Um, and there's all these variables that can cause it to process foods differently. So it's just not a very good way to view things. So if you're viewing them that way, just stop it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know that like the health of your membranes determines a lot about how good your body is at regulating pHs. The the speed of your metabolism going through glucose and proteins and fats that affects your pH. And there's a lot more complex things. But the the good thing to remember if you're trying to figure it all out is. As you correct the main imbalances that we talk about, like fixing the anabolic-catabolic thing, fixing the fast oxidizer, slow oxidizer imbalance, your pHs tend to just kind of follow suit and end up being balanced out because of that. Right. So if you try to push it the other way and just augment your pH directly by like drinking a bunch of baking soda water or whatever else it is or alkaline water, it's going to screw things up. But I do agree with both uh, both Daniel and Ravindram. Um, I'm trying to just say it Ravindram. fancy. Because it I think that's how you say it. Um, that's how I say it. But, uh, you know, I agree with both of them when they're talking about that, you know, especially the problems with cow's milk now and where it used to be and where it is now. And a lot of people now think, oh, I should be drinking lots of milk to help my bones get stronger. And it's, it's, it ain't working out for you. Right. Because that calcium in there is not... Um, as accessible and but if you lots got of, raw milk that would be good it could be better yeah um uh for some people so that's i i do buy into that as well and you know what he's saying about the enzymes and all that I, those are all factors but um they're just not when you view them all in that way yeah i, I yeah i agree with you like i'm not disagreeing with the fact that these like homogenized milks and things cause problems Mm -hmm. or that they do deplete calcium in the tissues or that the parathyroid does trigger calcium. I I bet that's happening. I'm just, (laughs) I think the main thing we were talking about was like, it's not because you're getting too acid. Right. And it's not the diet. It's not the acid foods that they're saying are acid foods that are causing this for every person. And that's really important to understand. Yeah. Danny from Bradford, UK. Osteoporosis can also happen through buildup of osteoclast cells. These cells have bone formation, but but dysfunctional osteoclasts can also lead to osteoporosis. So, and I'm okay with that if you look at well, what's making something called to be dysfunctional? And a lot of times, it's not that a cell just went rogue. A lot of times, that um, you know, instead of building something up, something being broken down because those nutrients are needed or, or someone's stuck in a catabolic state. It's, it's not that the body went haywire, mm-hmm. like it's viewed as. Right. All right. Christopher, is there a simple way, test, to know if you're susceptible to developing osteoporosis? What are some simple techniques to prevent its development? You know, we did talk about some simple things to, and we'll, we'll, we'll call that our review because we're about to wrap up. Yeah, but sure. one thing I want to say about the test, the, the bone density test, is that I, you know, you hear a lot of people saying, I, I got my test and I read it. And at the end of the test, it said, by the way, these tests are not that accurate. You know, so I, I don't know. <laughs> and you owe us $5 million. Right. It's the, 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 they say, even if you did it on the same machine, the same doctor did it, and you say you wore the same clothes that day, it, it, it may be some discrepancies in there. So I don't actually know how how much, how accurate they are or, or what they show, but that is something that they talk about a lot. So there must be something to that. So I don't know a way to truly understand uh, how effective your bones are right now. Try breaking them and but, see if they break. Yeah. yeah. But I think that those tests uh, can show enough that you can see a range. Like a range is either going to show, oh, it's either really good or that's, you need to sit down for a minute. And at least you can get an idea of where you're <laughs> don't at. Don't move. We're <laughs> right. going to carry yeah. you. We're going to roll you out of here and please sign this reading in the bubble. But don't use a sharp pen while you're signing. Yeah. So, um, but let's talk about some steps that we could do to make sure that we're not going that direction. Yeah. I and mean, the simple test you could do on yourself, in what I've seen people that are more prone to that, they tend to have low blood pressure. So they're mineral deplete in general. 
they can tend to be in, stuck in a catabolic state. So that we already talked about why that would be. So you would see things like a low urine pH, maybe protein on your urine dipstick. That would be really yeah. Good. We talk about a dipstick in the in the twelve the four week course um, that you can check some other parameters as well. Yeah. So in that the urine dipstick test is a really fancy one. You can do to look at all these different things that's present. And if you're peeing out protein, that's a really good indication that you're strongly too. I just peed out a steak. Right. Yeah, that would look weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. hurt. But that's a sign of like you're tapping, you're mining your body for tissues to to run on. So you're not metabolizing proteins from your diet well, and you're in the tissue breakdown state. You might also see a high specific gravity, which you can also see on that dipstick test, and that would be another indication of being too catabolic. And too, too breaking down tissue. Right. So those would be good little markers. If you're low blood pressure or high specific gravity or peeing out protein or have a really low urine pH, all those things could indicate like, you might be more susceptible. Or if you have a really high urine pH and you're taking vitamin D or doing other things um, that's pulling calcium out of the tissues, like any of the erroneous activities we talk about like in the cold sore episode or the common cold episode. Right, listen to those. And, and that's a good thing to wrap up with is understanding that you know, look at where vitamin D is appropriate for you. You may be getting plenty just by walking outside, but look at your urine pH and look at am I getting cramps? You know, understand, don't just keep cramming it in because it's the cool thing to do. Look at what's what's right for you. Um, I thought that what, was your stomach while ago growling. I was like, somebody needs to eat. And it was, plain. And it was a plane? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what, what else does a person need to consider as they're, as they're moving forward? Um, yeah, that their blood pressure is balanced, their pHs are balanced, their specific gravity is right around where it should be, that they're not taking hyper amounts of vitamin D and pulling calcium out of their tissues, that they're not eating too many sugars that would also pull calcium. Yeah, right. and, and what, are the, what are the common digestive symptoms they could look for to understand that they may not be breaking down food oh, correctly? Oh, sure, yeah. If they uh, are constipated or have diarrhea, those would be two big things caused by opposite problems. <clears throat> but either one, whether you're constipated and don't have enough stomach acid, or if you have diarrhea and don't have good bile flow, either one of those, you're not going to get that all-important digestive explosion sizzle thing happening where you get your nutrients from your food. Other digestive symptoms, like if you have acid reflux or heartburn, if you're burping a lot after meals or feel bloated in your upper abdomen, all those are indications you need to work on your stomach acid. If you're seeing food in your stool yeah, or, or have a light-colored low, stool. Yeah, or if you have low blood pressure, that would be another indication. Of right, like, or if you have mm-hmm. crazy cravings for sugar and carbs a lot, mm-hmm. that could be an indication. So, you know, look at those things because the digestion really is the main thing because mm-hmm. your body has to be in a state where it can rebuild instead of break down, but um, when it's going to be re- rebuilding, it needs tools to do that, and that's you pull that in through digestion. Yeah. So do those... Look at those things for yourself and, and start working on those things to see if that brings you some improvement. Um, and, uh, and then bye. Well, All right. Yeah, so <laughs> so uh, uh, check out some of the other podcasts on the vitamin D and the common cold so that you can get a better idea for those. And go to iTunes and leave us a review. Tell us, tell us what you thought and then maybe we'll, we won't like you The anymore. way you ended that while ago was so abrupt that it was kind of like... One of my dates. Yeah. <laughs> and bye. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the free four-week digestion course at kickinginthenuts.com. Until the next time. But also, where, where can we find Will on Facebook? Oh, we can find Will, which I was going to tell you earlier. My Body of Knowledge page was down. What? Yeah, I was looking for it earlier, no. and it was down, so you may want to check on that. I will. But it's under my body of knowledge. I'm yeah. pretty sure she just typed it in wrong, but yeah, no. <laughs> check out that I page. Did, I typed it in twice, and it said, no. sorry, this page is no longer available. Mm. Well, you I can find it me. it because of all the nude po- mm, photos. Of I might have gotten banned. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was okay on Facebook. Yeah. No, but you can definitely find me at mybodyofknowledge.net, my website. I'll send the ones from my phone, and you can... Upload those. Okay. <laughs> well, bye. Bye. Cause I know a place where the sun